The Your Safe Space podcast is recorded on Wurundjeri land. This podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. This episode of Your Safe Space is brought to you by Elite 11. Elite 11 is one of my favorite Australian sporting and activewear brands, and you can shop Elite 11 now at elite11sporting.com or by downloading their app. Welcome to Your Safe Space, the podcast. I'm your host, Adele Marie, and this podcast is here for you. It is a safe space for us to catch up each week to discuss anything and everything. And on today's show, we are doing an AMA on air and ask me anything. And happy Friday, guys. We have made it to the end of another week, a little bit of a shorter week as well, because we did have Anzac Day on the Tuesday. And it's also the last Friday of April. And what the hell? Where has the time gone? I cannot believe it. I feel like April went super quick and I feel like the months are going quicker as the year progresses and I just can't believe it. Obviously, I had a week off last week as well because I was in Sydney and so I'm very, very happy to be back today. I miss it. And every time I have a week off, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to talk to you guys because I just love talking to you in almost real time. Obviously, the Friday episodes are not the chatty ones where we talk about my life updates. So I'm going to save that for Sunday. And we're going to get into today's show, which is the AMA. Now, AMA stands for Ask Me Anything. It is where I take questions that you guys ask me on Monday night on my own personal Instagram. And then I pop them into this podcast episode and yeah, I answer them. I give you my hot take. Obviously, this podcast is not a replacement for professional mental health support or any medical advice or anything like that. If you need that, please check the show notes. This is just a safe space for us and me to hang out and give you like my big sister advice. Now, let's get into the questions. We have no time to waste. Question number one, what are your tips for meeting men in the wild? Dating apps suck. (laughs) To this listener, I want to say, I'm going to, not that I'm going to defend dating apps, but dating apps don't have to suck. Yes, they definitely can suck, but I also think the way that you use them and the way in which you approach them has an impact into your experience as well. I also have this theory where the reason I feel like it might suck for some of us is because we are coming into contact with so much more people due to the fact that people are on the dating apps and you have that like continued element of people coming through and you swiping on them. There's the other factor that not everyone is for you. And so obviously you have to kind of sift through the the people that you're swiping on to find a potential match. And on the other hand, I also know a lot of people who have had success from dating apps. I have friends who have married their Tinder match. I have friends who are in long-term relationships from Hinge. I have friends that have met their partners on dating apps. And I think now, given the society we live in, given the fact social media, also the fact we went through lockdown, dating apps are often the preferred way for some people to meet their potential partner. And I don't want to give them a bad rap because I feel like I've also had positive experiences as well. The other thing I want to remind you of is we have spoken a few times on this podcast about how in psychology, when we think something, our brain then looks to confirm it. Our brain then looks for evidence to back it up. And so if you're sitting there telling yourself that dating apps suck and that you're not going to be meeting anyone on there, chances are you're going to look for evidence to kind of reinforce that thought for yourself. And I don't want you to do that because I want you to obviously find someone if you are out there dating and I'm going to give you my two tips. Obviously, this is not a question about dating apps. I'm going to give you tips for how you meet men in the wild, but 
this should hopefully help you because I feel like I've also had success doing this myself. So tip number one is to put yourself in places where you will meet men. And I did speak about this maybe about two or three weeks ago in an AMA. You can meet someone anywhere. It could be in line at the post office. It could be while doing your grocery shopping at Coles or at Woolworths or at Aldi. It could be on a plane, in a class, at the gym. It could be in the street paying for parking. I even saw this TikTok, I think it was just last night, this girl had posted like when the dating apps aren't working so you go to Bunnings to act confused in the aisle to try and find a husband and it made me laugh. But I really think there is something there about doing things that you enjoy or doing things that you would usually do. And it's not always about going out and having drinks or going clubbing and meeting a guy like that. I think you can potentially meet a potential partner in any one of those locations, but it really is about putting yourself in those situations. That's just one part of it. The other tip or the other part of it is to actually be open to it. I don't know about you guys, but there have even been circumstances with myself when I've been dating and I have had people approach me and then I've just kind of been like, oh, like why would they do that kind of thing? Or like I didn't want them to approach me. But then when I realized, well, I'm actually open to finding somebody and if I'm not having the best luck on dating apps, I should be open to them coming up to me in real life because that takes a lot of courage and a lot of strength as well. Obviously, consenting and as long as they're not creepy or being like disrespecting my boundaries and things like that I'm always open to it and I think the other element here is looking up like physically (laughs) looking up I'm a culprit of this too you're out and about you're down heads down looking at your phone not really paying attention to your surroundings not really paying attention to the people around you and I think if you can get your head out of your phone and start looking up you'll start to notice things, you'll start to notice people and you'll start to potentially notice men that you could give a smile to or say hello to or start a conversation with. I think there's an element there obviously of putting yourself out there too and the other side to it is also saying yes when you get invited somewhere. I can think about many times when I get invited to something with my friends or I have been in the past, someone at work has invited me to something and even if I didn't know anyone, I'd still say yes and go because you literally never know who you might meet. And there's also friends that will say, oh, I've got a friend that might be, you know, good for you or that you might click with. Let them play Cupid for you. I think being open to it in any way will allow you to kind of have some more experiences like that and potentially meet someone. I would also love to know, and I did a poll on my story ages ago about how many people were single And then how many of us weren't on dating apps? And there was quite a high percentage that weren't on dating apps. And I know, as I said at the start, people do meet their partners on dating apps, but I definitely know that people can meet their partners not on dating apps. And so I would love to know if you guys want to come into the Facebook group, let us know how you met your partner. If it was on a dating app or if it was in the wild or in real life, because I would love to hear both. And I think it would be nice for this listener to have evidence of like a successful app story and also of a successful in the wild story. Question number two, how do I not feel guilty for leaving a job unexpectedly? P.S. I'm a primary school teacher. This question, firstly, thank you, because I think teachers are so valuable to our community. And I think... When you are educating the children of our future, you deserve a pat on the back. For me, I don't think I could ever be a teacher and I think it requires a lot of patience. I think it requires a lot of like time and energy and dealing with kids in my mind and a lot of them seems quite stressful. So kudos to you guys or any other teachers listening. On this particular question, I don't have much context as to why you left the job, but if you are feeling guilty, firstly, I just want to say it's okay. 
we don't shy away from any uncomfortable emotions here. And I think you do need to like name it and label it to like let it come up and out. I think guilt can also really be more common in these circumstances when you feel like you were really needed at work or you feel like you couldn't resign due to whatever is happening at work. And I think with this particular job, there might be like an emotional tie. Like you might have connections with the students or connections with the class and that could have been hard to walk away from as well. As I said, I encourage you to sit with it, but I'm also going to encourage you to challenge it because I think that's important too. What I've done in the past when I felt guilt for leaving jobs and I have in every role I've resigned from, I felt guilty. (laughs) And I think it's just a human thing that we go through. I was probably more of a people pleaser in the past, not the last job I resigned from, but every other job before that. And so I felt really guilty because I felt like I shouldn't be putting myself before everybody else. But I need you to know that essentially it is a business transaction. When you leave a job for whatever reason, the thing to remember is that you could potentially be replaced. Your work would be okay without you. They would carry on. They would learn to be okay. And it's really important not to be afraid to put yourself first because at the end of the day, it's your life. You need to take the job that is better for you. You need to make the decisions that are better for you. You have to put your head on your pillow at night and go to sleep and be comfortable with the life that you're living. And so it is so fine to put yourself first. It doesn't make you selfish. It doesn't make you a bad person. And I'm not sure why you left. It could have been for career growth or better money or a better company or a better school. It could You could have even been leaving for like health reasons or something really bad because you wrote unexpected I'm just assuming things here, but I think it's really important that you just honor the reason that you left and focus on that. I also found this analogy online and I loved it and I'm going to read it out to you. So I want you to imagine that there's a bucket full of water. (laughs) Imagine a big bucket. The bucket can be whatever color you want, right? The bucket is like jam packed with water to the top. And imagine that your hand is in the bucket, okay? The water represents the school that you left or your job. This could be any job and your hand represents you. Imagine now taking your hand out of the bucket. What happens to the water? What happens to the hole that you left behind? Obviously, your resignation, sure, may have caused some ripples. It may have caused a bit of a splash, but things will settle down. And I think when I read that, I was like, oh my God, that's so true because it does cause a little bit of discomfort for everyone involved for a really short period of time. But then people adjust, people go back to normal. And I think your boss, your co-workers, the kids that you taught, the school would all be okay without you. Now, I'm not saying that you won't be missed. I'm not saying that you didn't do a good job. I'm not saying that you weren't an amazing teacher, but I'm saying that they will survive. They will be okay. And you had to make this choice for yourself and to find peace within that. I remember you asked this question maybe two or three weeks ago. And so I think there may have been time for that guilt to pass. I would love to hear from you or others in the community if you have felt that guilt and what you kind of did to manage that. I think it is very much like a mental thing, an inner job that you have to come to peace with that decision. But come and share in the Facebook group with how you navigated that. As I always say, we can learn from each other and can kind of validate each other too. So come and do that if you haven't. Now, we are 
having a sponsor today, you would have heard that at the start. So before we get into question three and four, I just want to read that out. You guys know I love my activewear and one of my favorite activewear brands and loyal supporters of the show, Elite 11, is sponsoring another episode of Your Safe Space. I'm obsessed with Elite 11. Their pieces are a staple in my wardrobe, whether I'm wearing their stuff in the gym, styling them casually, or keeping me warm in the Melbourne winter, they continue to exceed in the quality whilst keeping me looking incredible at the same time. This week, Elite 11 just dropped their athletics team hoodies and crews, and one of my favorite new items, which I was wearing earlier in the week, is the waffle lounge set, and whatever you need, Elite 11 offers, so there's something for everyone. They cover both women's and men's, and they range up to 3XL in sizing with a range of different pieces that cater to everybody. You can shop Elite 11 now at Elite11Sporting.com or by downloading their app, and you can use the code ADELLE10 to save you some money too. Thank you so much to Elite 11 for making making this episode of Your Safe Space possible. All right, guys, I'm back. And question number three, I feel like I made the wrong decision in breaking up with my partner. What do I do? And I want to give this listener a hug as well because breakups aren't nice. And I think it doesn't matter whether you were the one to be broken up with or whether you were the breaker upper. Going through a breakup is a very uncomfortable thing to experience. And I feel like all of the emotions that we feel regardless of which way it happened, are like an emotional roller coaster. And it's no joke. It's it's relentless. I think there's pain, there's sadness, there's confusion, there's uncertainty. Both parties could feel them. And it's normal to feel them, I think, if you have followed along with any of my content, especially if you came from like the breakup healing TikTok era, you would know that there were a lot of uncomfortable emotions that I was trying to navigate. And I think when I look back to past relationships, when I was the one to be broken up with, or even when I was the one doing the breaking up with, I still felt a mixture of those things. And the other thing I want to say to this listener is having regret or feeling like you made the wrong decision doesn't actually mean that you made the wrong decision or that you should try to get back with them. I'm obviously not going to sit here and tell you what to do and tell you that you made the right choice or you didn't make the right choice, but I want to share some things that will help you gain clarity and will help you gain perspective so that you can figure out what your next step is. Because I know you might be feeling a bit confused at the moment, but I think if you allow yourself the space to unpack it and sit with it, you might be able to find that, I guess, guidance to take the next step. So grab a journal. If you want to talk about this to a friend, you can do that. If you want to talk about this to your psych or a counselor or like a trusted person in your life, do that as well. They can kind of be a sounding board for you. But I want you to ask yourself some questions. So write these down. The first one, was breaking up a random in the moment decision? Did you think about it and want to make the call to break up with your partner for a longer time? What was the reason that led to the breakup? What about the situation now is making you feel like it's the wrong decision? Write everything down that comes up. And the last question is, if you weren't feeling any of these uncomfortable emotions, would you still make the same choice? So if you could take away any of that confusion, if you could take away that pain, if you could take away that sadness, if you could take away the crying, if you could take away missing them, would you still make that choice? Be really honest, get really curious around what you were feeling and try to look at the relationship with clarity. I I want you to try to get to like the logical kind of facts about it if you can try and remove that emotion. The second tip is be kind to yourself because... I feel like we can be quite harsh, especially when we make decisions, but what you are feeling is quite normal. 
the regret, the guilt. I know it sucks and I know it's not a nice thing to experience, but it really doesn't mean that you made the wrong decision. It does take time for these feelings to settle. And I always talk about it, self-compassion. This is where you're practicing it. You know, it's not telling yourself that you made the wrong decision. It is just telling yourself that you made a hard decision and it might take some time to come to peace with that. The third tip is practice trusting your decisions and look back in the past when you have made other uncomfortable decisions and see how that turned out. So obviously I don't know your life, I don't know your story, I don't know the context to this, but I'm sure there are previous moments in your life when you've made some hard choices and then it's been okay. I think it's really challenging when we make a difficult choice and we feel all of this overwhelming stuff. It's almost like, oh my God, scary, we're out of our comfort zone now, what have we done? But when you look back and say, hey, I've actually done this before, not necessarily breaking up with someone, but acknowledging those moments where you had to do something hard and where you have made good decisions in the past can help you build that confidence and kind of similar to what I was saying about the how, you, how you're talking to yourself with the compassion, use positive affirmations to kind of reinforce your decision because that can bring you some peace too. I think I've always said day one on this podcast that we will never know if a decision that we have made is the right or wrong one and what gives me peace is confidence in my decision making that educated decision, weighing up everything before I make the decision and knowing that in the past when I've made bad decisions or made hard decisions and felt regret that it's been okay and it was still the right call. I have broken up with one of my exes. I did mention that at the start of this question and I regretted it absolutely. (laughs) At first, I regretted it so deeply because I was like, what have I done? Like, I think that period, especially in like the first couple of weeks when you're adjusting to them not being in your life is really hard too. But looking back on that relationship now, years later, of course I made the right decision. I wanted to break up with him for a long time. The relationship wasn't right. We weren't right for each other. And I would go back now and make the exact same decision, even though I felt such regret in the weeks and moments after. My last, last tip on this is don't do anything. Don't contact your ex. Don't confuse them. Don't reach out until you 100% know what you want to do, okay? It's really important to be careful, especially when you are the one that has done the breaking up, to not kind of play with the emotions of the other person. And I, I'm not saying that in like a vindictive or like a spiteful or a mean way. I, I think people can almost do that without realizing that that's what they're doing. So being really careful with your ex-partner's feelings. And if you do, after all of this, realize that it was a mistake and you fucked up and you want to try and win them back, good. But just make sure that you are 100% about it before you go down that path. Because yeah, you don't want to make their healing harder and you don't want to muddy the process for them. And yeah, until you have made that peace, until you know what you're doing, that's when I would say either leave them alone or yeah, get back in touch once you're 100%. But good luck. I hope you find peace in your decision. I obviously don't have further context as to why you made that call, but I would love to hear from other people if you have broken up with a partner felt the regret and then realized moments or not moments, however long after that it was the right decision. Because I think as humans, we have a really difficult time sitting with things like regret and guilt and things like that because they're not nice to sit with, but it can work out okay in the end. And moving on to our last and final question. Why do you think love bombing is a red flag and you don't think it's cute? Should I be worried? This question was asked in response to me answering another question on there about 
someone's declaration of love after two dates. And I think we need to unpack it a little bit more and maybe even go back to unpack what love bombing is. So if you're listening to this and you don't know, love bombing is a technique that some people use to manipulate a romantic partner. Now, I think love bombing not not has become more popular, but I feel like people speak about it more now than ever before. And I'm glad that they do because, yeah, it's not a good thing. And I'm going to give you some of the signs to it. Now, before I do that, obviously, like everything that we talk about on this podcast, there's a scale. And when you first start dating somebody, it's very exciting. It's very fun. It's very lovey-dovey. And people can show you like affection and attention and kindness and like desire. I think that's okay. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Love bombing is to the extreme. So if you've got like normal, healthy displays of affection down here, love bombing's up here, right? On the spectrum. There's a quote that I read and I need to read it to you all. Love bombing is a red flag that looks like a romance because it does. But love bombing is to the extreme. I'm talking about over the top gifts, either very expensive gifts or very extravagant gifts like booking trips away or buying like really, really pricey items. It's never ending compliments, saying things like, we were destined to be together. You're my soulmate. I love you so much after knowing you for a really short period of time. There's also excessive communication. So nonstop texts, nonstop calls. They are likely to also disrespect your boundaries if they are love bombing you too. They have no regard for your boundaries or can't accept when you say no. The attention is very intense and very demanding and they are also overbearing and rush you into commitment and want you to be with them 24-7 and want you to be their girlfriend or want to move in together or want to really rush that process, which isn't usually how a relationship would go. Real love and a genuine healthy relationship moves at a slow pace. And I know it's hard because like we see things online and sometimes it can look like things are moving really fast between like people that we might follow or people whose lives we see shared online, but things moving at a slow pace is normal. That takes time. A relationship takes time to get to know somebody, to fall in love with somebody. That takes time. It's unlikely in my mind, if a guy was saying to me after like one or two dates telling me that he loves me, I would think to myself, you don't even know me. How can you sit here and say that you love me? Love bombing is where the relationship is moving at a speed where things that would happen over months and years happen within days. I personally don't think it's cute and it's a massive red flag to me because if you guys listen to my mental health episode, I talked about an emotionally abusive relationship that I was in and that love bombing was at the start of it. And I think it can be an indication or a pattern or even like the start of that cycle. And I did a lot of research obviously for this episode and having gone through it myself and unpacking it in therapy, psychologists, studies have all shown that love bombing can be the early stages of things like that. Coercive control, domestic violence and abusive relationships. And obviously, I always want to like give air to things like this because I think the more we talk about it, the more education there is around it, the more awareness there is around it, it could potentially help somebody that is experiencing this right now. And obviously with this person and this listener, I don't know the person you're dating. I don't know what's going on, but I would urge you just to sit with things. And if you're having inklings or second like guessing or doubting, sit with it and maybe ask yourself, is this level of interest that this person is showing me? something that they are able to continue consistently. 
Are they able to show that level of interest to you ongoing? Are they being consistent in their other behaviors or is it always up or down? And lastly, are their characters and values aligned? As I said in other episodes, it's really important, I think, in relationships to share similar values. And if they are doing things like disrespecting your boundaries or making you feel uncomfortable, is that really a person that you want to be with? And obviously, if any of our listeners are triggered by this question, please call 1-800-RESPECT. It is the National Sexual Assault Domestic and Violence Counseling Service, and their number is 1-800-737-732. Guys, I know it is a heavy one to finish on, but it is a really important conversation. And as I said, I think it's important that we talk about it because awareness really does help with these things. But we are going to wrap the show there. And as usual, please come and join us in the Facebook group. If you haven't, we have 4,000, more than 4,000 people in there now, which is crazy. And the community is the cutest. You guys, thank you for keeping it so safe. I love you so, so much. But if you aren't already, follow us on Instagram, your safe space pod. Follow me at Adele Marie. Leave us a review on Apple, leave us a rating on Spotify. It goes a long way. You have no idea. And tag us in your story when you're listening. I love, 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 love seeing what you guys are getting up to. Have a great weekend. I'll see you on Sunday. Thank you so much again to Elite 11 for making this episode of your safe space possible. You can shop Elite 11 now at elite11sporting.com or by downloading their app. (music) 